You're listening to A Journey in American English. Hello everyone and welcome back to a brand new episode. I would like to start with asking you to please excuse our absence. It's not Chris's fault or anything. Actually, it was my fault because it was my birthday last week. Since I did not feel like recording an episode on my birthday, I decided to give us off for the weekend. I'm not sure if we had mentioned that last time or not, but now you know. Anywho, what do we want to talk about today? Well, we want to touch on three closely related topics. First, we want to discuss the concept of adapting foreign media to meet American tastes. This includes creating entirely new shows based on foreign shows or employing dubs or subs so that the content can be understood by Americans. Second, we want to touch on the concept of censorship in the US with respect to movies and shows because it is not always clear what we are allowed to show on TV and what we are not allowed to show. And finally, the problem of whitewashing in American media is a common criticism launched against American movies, especially when they are adaptations of foreign movies and stories. Briefly explaining what whitewashing is would not do it any justice. You will get to know what whitewashing means towards the end of the episode, so please stick around. As always, Chris and I welcome any comments, questions, constructive criticism, feedback, etc. Feel free to reach out and contact us at any time. The information to do so will be in the description of this episode. We hope that you will enjoy the episode as much as we enjoyed making it. With that being said, let's begin. Hello. Hey, welcome back after the break. <laughs> yeah, I think I forgot to mention that we're taking a break. <clears throat> I was a bit lazy. I think we talked about it. I might be wrong though. Hmm. Well, they yeah. know now. Yeah. But yeah, we're back. Uh, I took off because it was my birthday last week, and um, I didn't feel like doing anything. <laughs> and you know, it's always good to step away from things like this every now and again, so uh, you don't get burnt out. And you stock up on some creative energy, and it doesn't feel like work as much. That's true. Um, I try to be flexible, or we try to be flexible. But me personally, I try to be flexible, and we do have a. Uh, we're slowly having a back catalog of episodes, uh, so I think we're around like 30-something. <laughs> so even if we're gone for like a week or two, there's still something to listen to. <laughs> right. Yeah, but we've been yeah. at this for a little bit. It's kind of yeah, kind of cool. I started on my own in November of last year, and then you came on board at the end of January, and we started working together. Are partnering together in mid-February, I believe. So yeah, that sounds about right because I believe the second episode we made was about the average American, and I wanted to talk about uh, the office worker because that's what I just become. Yeah, <laughs> yes, February. Yeah, so you know the the office that'll actually tie into what we're going to talk about today. Um, yes, but before we get into that, I guess we have to discuss like you know the uh, the daily question, which is basically like, what's the weather like? <laughs> A uh, blazing heat wave that everyone in Billings is very upset about, except me. Is that I correct? recognize it's awful. Like it's not a good thing. Like, yeah. But I'm still enjoying it. Is that from Canada? Is it like that heat wave coming from Canada? I don't. I mean, it's just been hot here for a while. Oh. I, I know. I know. I believe it's British Columbia is having some really high record heat, but it's kind of happening all over right now. Oh, uh, because climate change and all that. Yeah, that, and there are a bunch of forest fires in Canada. But correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, because I'm I'm terrible at geography. <laughs> but you're 
you're right on the border to Canada, aren't you? I mean, my state is. Yeah, that's what I mean. Miles away. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's why I was like, it. It has to be um on the border, and I know that Canada is having a lot of forest fires, and a couple cities unfortunately burnt down. Yeah. Well, for the record, that's normal. Not not the cities burning down part, but trees naturally yeah. burn down, and it's it's fire season. It's it's yeah. part of the cycle of nature. Yeah, they. What I heard happened was they got hit by thunder, or not? They got hit by lightning, and that triggered um, the forest fires in a couple of regions. So yeah. Yep, that'll happen. But as for the weather here, uh, you know what? It there was a heat wave for about a week, and now it's just uh, like 60, 70 the whole time. <laughs> so summer is oh, pretty much dead. <laughs> what's funny is uh, my parents have a pool, and I've gone over there a few times, and. Mm. Uh, I, I didn't have time to get in, but I would look at the temperature gauge on it, and it would it's covered with an automatic tarp, which kind of locks the heat in. It was 97 degrees, and I wanted to go in so bad. I didn't have time, but I wanted to go in so bad and feel oh, like wow. I was swimming in a hot tub. Everyone else I've talked to says that that sounds miserable, but it sounds awesome to me. It does sound miserable. <laughs> <laughs> not going to lie. I'm not, I, but I guess maybe you're, uh, you, you like... You like the heat, but I, I like extreme don't. temperatures. I enjoy very cold too. Oh, I don't. I mean, I mean, I like cold weather. My so I guess this will be the last point for the weather, and then we got to move on to the actual topic. <laughs> but I had a friend when I was a teenager, and he hated the heat. He hated summer, and I was like, "Why?" He's like, "I love winter." And his philosophy was, in summer, there's only so much you can remove from your body to keep yourself cool. But in winter, you can just pile on clothing and make yourself warm. So it's easier to stay warm than it is to stay cool. And that's how I feel about summer. That's a valid point. You can't take your skin off. No, you really can't. But you can wear five jackets. (laughs) And it's not a lot of money. So... Yeah, I don't I don't like the summer at all. I'm I love spring. But anywho, uh yeah, so that's the weather report for the day <laughs> in, <laughs> in two countries. But um so what do we want to talk about today? So we wanted to talk about uh foreign media adaptations in the US and whitewashing in uh the same media. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I think it's an undeniable fact that uh, the U.S. is a powerhouse, um, especially with respect to entertainment. And a lot of that gets broadcasted out into other countries. So that's basically how they discover uh, U.S. and U.S. culture and U.S. English and all of that. But that's also caused a lot of industries to kind of die out. So if you go to like the movie theaters here in Germany, for example... I mean, good luck finding a German movie like because because they're all American. And that kind of comes back to the U.S. because if we like something that's from another country, we're kind of too, I, I don't know if we want to say too proud or too lazy to read subtitles. <laughs> and so it's, we want it. Yeah. Yeah. It's getting slightly better. Is um, it? Yeah. Uh, so even at my local theater, they'll they were doing anime movies there every now and again. And I've, I and I've, some of them have been like special, um, 
screenings where basically the theater isn't putting it on. It's like a company paying the theater to use a room for like three nights, right? Mm. Um, but lately, like uh, when the Dragon Ball, the latest Dragon Ball Super movie came out, it had a full showing. Like it was just at the movie theater. Same with the Demon Slayer movie. And I feel like there's another one I'm forgetting that just was there and you could watch it in uh, English dubbed or English subtitles. See, that would have been like a sin <laughs> when I was growing up. But anything that was in the movie theaters was more or less in English. Granted, I didn't see a lot of foreign movies in American theaters when I was growing up. Most of them were just, you know, homegrown. So obviously it's in English. I don't know if you had a different experience. No, definitely. Everything I saw was American, I guess, aside from Harry Potter. But, you know. Well, that's still English, so I'll still count that. (laughs) Right, but not American. But, like, that's about as out there as, I, I, I guess, Lord of the Rings, too. But still a very, very Western story. Yeah, well, yeah. That's uh, what is it? What is Peter Jackson? He's from New Zealand, isn't he? I don't know where he's from. I know that's where um, both trilogies were filmed. Yeah, I still count. Well, I wouldn't say it's that's a difficult question, um, but it's in English. It's in the U.S., so I, I don't know if we'll count that necessarily as being foreign. If it's already in in the U.S. and it's already in English. I would leave it at that. Now with like Harry Potter or like Lord of the Rings, um, that's not a big deal for Americans that just because it's in a different dialect. I think if you get more into like the East, that's where it becomes a bit tricky. So like, for example, like Bollywood, you know, like <laughs> movies from India, that would be a bit different because like the dialects are so different. You know, the way they speak in India is nothing against India (laughs) at all. (laughs) I like India, but the way they speak in India is completely different than the way they speak in the U S you know? So, right. It's a, it's, I would say one's a culture shock and one is like very slight cultural tourism. If that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Although I think most Americans uh, have heard an Indian accent. So I don't think it's too difficult to understand, but um but yeah, well, so, and it's not just—it's not just that. It's the yeah style yeah. of storytelling, the sensibilities. You know, it's made for a different audience who's expecting different things. Definitely, yeah. I guess for for Bollywood, it's super popular in Germany. Uh, Indian movies are very popular, and they dubbed all of the um, the major ones. And so I've watched—I've actually watched a lot of those movies <laughs> in German. <laughs> Oh wow! Yeah, so um, not in Hindi because I don't speak or Urdu. I don't speak any of those languages. But it's, uh, it's I want to say like they have like infectious grooves, if I can use that term, to like they dance and sing a lot, and it's very it's very contagious and it's very upbeat. Also very super dramatic, but yeah, should definitely watch it sometime. <laughs> I, I I've you know I've seen some Bollywood clips online, and I'm sure. The ones I see are the most ridiculous ones, but they always just seem so over the top insane. They are pretty dramatic, like compared to American movies. So from the US, I would say Bollywood films are very dramatic. They have a lot lower budget, so they have less to work with, but they make the best of what they have. And some of the movies are they're pretty good. Like, But we're not here to talk about Bollywood. <laughs> <laughs> so 
we basically want to talk about like imports. So I guess the last famous movie I can think of that came to the U.S. where people were okay with reading subtitles was Parasite. I believe it was a Korean movie. Um, oh, yeah. And even yeah. then, a lot of people had a problem with that. Yeah. And yeah, I heard that, too, because people are I don't know what they are. They're, they have a problem with subtitles. But usually you have two options. So you have subs or dubs. I don't know what kind of person you are. Um, but I, I, I usually am subs. Uh, yeah, so am I. <laughs> I take subs any day. So for those who don't know the difference, subs refers to subtitles. And dubs refers to dubbing, to where you change the voice. So a good example of this would be anime. You can either watch it in Japanese with subtitles in your foreign la- in your language, or you watch it um, with the audio in your language. So in this case, it would be English. Um, but I never watch anime in English. <laughs> never. <laughs> I just, I'm a, I'm a purist. Um, well, so what? That means you have to watch Raws, though. No subtitles for you. Yeah, I watch it raw. I don't always understand everything. I'll be, I'm still learning Japanese. Um, but I try to pick out the anime I can understand, <laughs> and then I watch that. Um, there are plenty of things that go over my head, definitely. Mm. But, but so, yeah. Go I on. want to talk about the one sure. good adaptation I can think of. The one thing... Uh, the big Hollywood machine found, picked out, and didn't destroy. Okay. So um, are you familiar with... It uh, has two names, so I'll give you both names. Okay. Uh, name one is All You Need Is Kill, and name two is Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, God, that sounds so familiar, but I don't know if I've ever seen those. So <clears throat> the original is called All You Need Is Kill. It was a Japanese book. It was basically a Groundhog Day-style time loop where... Mm-hmm someone was in a battle and against aliens and every time they died, they would reset to a certain point and, you know, they had to keep trying to figure out how to win the battle against the aliens. Right. Yeah. So uh, the story goes, Tom Cruise, like discovered the book, like he, he found it one day and he's like, this is incredible. I need to make a movie out of this. And he, you know, got in touch with, the author and all the license holders, the publishers, whoever, whoever owns that IP, I suppose. Mm. And he's like, I want to make this a movie. I want to be a producer on this. Like, this is such a great story. Like this could make an incredible movie. And apparently like a lot of people were upset. Tom Cruise ended up playing the lead in that movie. A lot of people were really upset. Like this is a Japanese story. Why is, why is Tom Cruise uh, the lead? But it was one of the situations where the author, I, be, I believe the story goes, the author was so thankful that he, you know, had the opportunity to make it into a movie. And mm. Tom Cruise was so invested in it as a story. He was like, yeah, you should definitely, you should definitely be the lead. Like you care. <laughs> and and uh, I've not read the book, but I've seen the movie and the movie's really good. Huh. Highly recommend. So that's the one good adaptation. We got the good one out of the way. Yeah, so I'm, look, so I'm looking at it. I, I looked it up in the meantime. Um, I've seen the artwork. I've seen the poster. I've never seen the movie. The fact that Tom Cruise is the lead doesn't surprise me. Um, he's one of the most well-known actors. I, I don't know if I want to say the best. <laughs> no, definitely uh, not. I wouldn't say he's the best, but he's he's one of the most powerful, I would say. He's good at a specific type of movie, and this is one of them. He's and good at it. Also helps that he's 
he was personally invested in making the movie. I mean, I'm sure he is in most of his movies, but I would argue since he like scouted the source material, probably mm. more than usual. Yeah, I would say his baby is Mission Impossible, but that's a homegrown movie. Um, right. Well, I mean, it was based off the old Mission Impossible TV show. But Wait, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> that's new to me. Um, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Then you see how pe- creative people are. I don't know right. if that no original know. ideas. Yeah, that's true. Um, don't get me started on Netflix because none of that's original, even though well, they we'll say it there. is. We'll get there. <laughs> but because you say it's based on a book, um, I don't know if I would classify that as a remix so much as I would say as an adaptation. Um, yeah. But I would say it still counts. Well, here's the thing. Again, I'm not super familiar with the book, but yeah. from what I understand, the protagonist, excuse me, the protagonist of the book is a woman and she's the one with the power to, you know, die and mm. turn back time. And in the movie, once Tom Cruise gets the power um, and he's about to go into battle, like his reset point is like the day before the battle. Uh, he meets, he eventually meets a woman who is like, like a super badass war hero. Like everybody loves her. She's done all these crazy things. And he eventually talks to her on one of the loops and finds out, oh, she had she had the power at one point. Hmm. So the only reason she's so great is because she had to take a few hundred cracks at that day until she could finally not die and um, lost the power somehow. So I, I don't know if the movie's implying that it's like a sequel to the book or something like that, or just like a spiritual successor. And that's kind of like yeah, nodding at that. the origin. Yeah, like but paying homage. They definitely, yeah, they definitely acknowledge something came before. Yeah, I mean that's, I guess that's something I could I could harp on, all day long is people taking books and make them into movies. I just wish people would just sit down. I wish they would just like put a bunch of directors or screenwriters in a room, lock them in there, and force them to write something original, and then you can let them out. <laughs> but it's just it's so annoying that people always take from like books or from comics and never actually write anything original but that's besides the point um another thing i found super interesting i don't know if you still want to continue with with this movie um i'm good one thing i found original is making remakes of something that's already in your own language so if you go across the pond to england um a lot of their shows are super popular in the u.s but i guess we're just too proud to watch it in british english (laughs) and so we just make remakes of those and right one of the biggest is the office and i've only seen like one or two episodes i'll have to i'll have to admit that it's not my cup of tea if you will it's not my um, sort of comedy but i for the longest time thought it was an american show i didn't know that it was actually a british remake yeah it was a weird day when i learned that it's not something i'm a huge fan of either i i don't I respect it, but I don't like it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I respect it, too. I mean, anyone who's been on the internet for more than five minutes will have seen, like, the memes associated with, like, the American version. Right, um, and that's that's part of the reason why I don't like it. I'm like, I I, I have heard it too much around me. I've, it's like, I can't get away from it. Like, can we all move on to something new, please? Yeah, it's please. like, yeah, it's sort of this, what's the best way to describe it? It's like a mockumentary kind of thing. So I guess for those who don't know, mockumentary is a combination of the word like to mock, to make fun of, and documentary. So it's a mockumentary. 
and um i just don't think it's funny like it it's too over the top if you will so but it was a huge success i mean in the u.s oh like, yeah and, and you was, know some parts of it are funny to me yeah. but it's um yeah not not my uh not my go-to for sure <laughs> yeah and it's not the only one so the other one that has um gotten remade but i've never seen this one is like shameless so it's like it's been around in the u.s for a while um it came to the u.s when i left <laughs> so it came in in 2011 i left in 10 so <laughs> i wasn't there to see it but that's also a british remake or, or sorry it's an american remake of a british show and i never understood why and like you um we were talking about like harry potter and they they changed the like some they translated harry potter into an american into american english so like for example in the british version it's the philosopher's stone whereas in the american version it's the sorcerer's stone and that's just like a very small change but they changed a lot so i i find that to be interesting i know the the book titles are different are the are the actual film versions do they change the lines no they didn't change the lines but the books all the books are different like they have different spelling they have uh, different uh, expressions, stuff like that. They have, or they had, the books are done, but they had like uh, English to English translators. <laughs> so they would have someone who was knowledgeable in um, standard British English and standard American English, and they would translate the books. And it's very weird, but uh, I, I can understand why. Yeah, that is, that hasn't even occurred to me before. Another one that kind of I, I would think of would be like Sherlock Holmes. Oh, Yeah. Like the first one that comes to mind would be uh, the Robert Downey Jr. movies because mm. those are Warner Brother movies, which I guess I guess Harry Potter was as well. So it's so it's interesting. So the big money is coming from the U.S., coming from Hollywood, but I suppose I don't know every step of the way people were involved. But Robert Downey Jr. definitely an American. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the sensibilities of that movie are definitely more. I can't remember where I heard this, but the difference between like the Robert Downey Jr. movies, Sherlock Holmes stories, and most Sherlock Holmes stories, even the BBC one, is the Robert Downey Jr. movies are action movies where there's a mystery and detective stuff happening as well. And the BBC and traditional Sherlock Holmes stories are mysteries where there some action will happen. It's a difference of focus. I I think I think Americans love action movies just way too much. Um, I was watching Fast and Furious the other day, just for fun, and I watched like the first ten minutes, and I nearly had a heart attack <laughs> with how much with how much like was happening like within like the first ten minutes, and they like people were being tortured, and they were like you know driving their cars up the streets, and just like oh my god, it was just too much, and that's kind of what happens is a lot of the stuff that comes from outside the US it always gets filtered so that it becomes more palatable for Americans um i guess like the biggest example would be uh i guess not the biggest example but one example i find the most interesting would be the hercules movies from disney from the 90s that was based around greek greek mythology greek culture and it was a huge success aladdin oh, yeah. too it, they were huge successes so aladdin uh, Pocahontas, uh, Hercules, all of those, but all of them got attacked because 
um, they had been completely like watered down. They had been completely like uh, whitewashed, so to speak. Um, and I remember like the Hercules movie, uh, the what was it like the mayor of Athens was super upset about the movie and how terrible it was. And he prevented Disney from doing like a public um, display of the movie. Because yeah, because Disney wanted to promote it in Greece because they're like, hey, look at this great movie we made about your culture. And Greece is like, yeah, no, we don't want that. <laughs> thanks, but no thanks. So uh, yeah. Uh, I always imagine whenever Disney makes one of those fantastical animated family movies about your culture, it's gotta feel I imagine almost never good because yeah. Whenever someone else is representing your culture, they usually get some pretty key things wrong. Yeah, and you like there's no saving the old Disney movies with that respect. Um so yeah, so like whitewashing is something we also want to talk about. I don't know if there are some other series that you wanted to touch on before we get into that topic. Um there there is one I wanted to bring yeah, up. Sure. The, um so this came out on Netflix a few years ago and it was cause some stir uh, i don't know if you're familiar with death note oh yeah but, of course yeah yeah the death note netflix movie oh yeah so bad it was so bad it was so, it was it was... so bad <laughs> i remember that i saw that my wife watched that and oh, it was so terrible it was so it was such a terrible movie i couldn't uh, bring myself to actually watch it but i've seen some clips of it and it's I'm like why are these supposedly genius level characters doing these beyond stupid things yeah i mean they had already so death note was widely popular when i was in high school so like from the early 2000s um i I guess if it's not been clear by now there might be a few spoilers so (laughs) spoilers for death note which i think came out in 2006 Yeah. yeah yeah right about there and super popular and they did two live remakes but those are Japanese. So they were made in Japan for Japanese people. And I think they were also terrible. Uh, I don't know if they were good or bad. I, I never saw them personally. I only I don't really do live action movies for anime. I don't get the point. Um, and it doesn't translate very well, in my opinion, to no. like life media. Not at all. Like I couldn't imagine them doing like Demon Slayer as like a live action movie. Oh, it looks so bad. The only one that was live action and I thought was halfway decent, and I was talking to my friend about this the other day, is Detective Pikachu. And um, yeah, Detective Pikachu is pretty good. Yeah, it's it's a good movie. Like, there's no denying it's a good movie, Uh, but not a remake. I mean, it's a it's a well, it's it's a a remake of a game. Yeah, it's a remake of a game. Detective Pikachu. Yeah, I I found that out the other day too, (laughs) but. That that doesn't count in the sense of like an American remake. Yeah. So the the Death Note movie, uh, it was just really corny. It was really cheesy. Um, I don't know. There's another movie that's similar to that, which is the Dragon Ball Z movie. And oh that, my god! <laughs> and that was awesome. Why'd American. you make me remember that? I, oh. <laughs> I I I I I purged that from my brain, and you brought it all back. Yeah, I saw that, and um, that was terrible. I, so, I have seen that movie. Friends and I got together and hate watched it, and you know, <laughs> it was funny as a group, 
but once was enough, never again. It is so unbelievably bad and uh, disrespectful to the source material. It hurts. Yeah, yeah, it was a really terrible movie. So what is it called? Um, a Dragon Ball Evolution. I had to double check real quick. Yep. And this was also an American remake of the Dragon Ball Z movie or Dragon Ball Z series. I'm sure everyone knows Dragon Ball Z. It's been around for like 30 years. Um, and it was just terrible. The movie tanked. There's there's no saving it. And what's funny is you would think, so the only way I really think you can get a good live action adaptation of like an animated property is you're yeah. going to need a huge Hollywood budget, right? Because like when you brought up like a Demon Slayer live action, I was like, well, yeah, that would look awful as a live action Japanese movie because they probably just wouldn't have the money to do the effects very well. Hollywood could probably get away with it money and effect wise, but I wouldn't trust them to actually do it well. Um, but Dragon Ball Evolution was that and the effects still looked beyond terrible. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's just so bad. And and that's kind of like the problem. So so in the last episode, we touched on like cultural appropriation and stuff like that. Or, or sorry, the episode before that. And this kind of ties in with that because if you notice, a lot of these movies that do very poorly are usually remakes of like foreign material or foreign films. So like Death Note, uh, Dragon Ball Z, stuff like that. And another movie that that also did pretty poorly uh, was Prince of Persia. And yeah, saw that one. It was forgettable. Um, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of like having video games being redone, to be honest. And Prince of Persia was a video game. Yeah. And it wasn't a good movie. I think a lot of... I think a lot of why I used to want those to take off was, man, society at large just doesn't understand how good these stories and games are. Like, it, it needs to get attention. It needs to be validated. It needs to get a movie. But there, how do you condense, a, you know, a 8 to 20, depending on the game, hour story into mm. an hour and a half to two hour movie and not have it be terrible? Yeah. That's the same thing they said about like Harry Potter, which was, you know, like the books are so long. How can you make those into good movies? Um, but with video games, it feels often it feels like um, like a cash grab. And absolutely. And yeah, and they're, they're not in it for the art. They're in it for the money. <laughs> and uh, that's that's the biggest problem. And if we go back to like Disney a lot of these Disney movies are based on other cultures. Um, so Pocahontas is based on like Native American culture. Um, the, not, the, the Little Mermaid is based on a Danish fairy tale. Um, I think Fro Frozen is as well. Uh, Hercules is based on like a Greek culture and whatnot. Aladdin. Funny enough, uh, the influence or the inspiration for Aladdin was Tom Cruise. <laughs> So what? Yeah, fun fact. Yeah. So if you compare Tom Cruise's face and Aladdin, you'll see a lot of similarities, and that's not a coincidence. Um, they tried to make Aladdin more like the whole movie 
more westerny i'll say and so they gave the main character aladdin more of like a western touch and they modeled mm. him after tom cruise like it's it's like it's not a myth like like you can find oh, i believe it. you yeah <laughs> I, i'm just trying really hard not to picture their faces side by side because i don't want it ruined <laughs> yeah and, and even that was like um also taking like trying to remake um aladdin is a famous story based on um a thousand and one arabian nights i believe that's one of the stories and that's also you know an adaptation of foreign culture and i find that to be uh, very problematic i'll put it like that right and it's what's well, i don't know if we've talked about this before uh i can't remember if this came up with you and i talking or if i read this somewhere but there have been instances where people have tried to adapt different mythologies and religions into their games and stories of some kind and then they find out it's not a dead religion there's still active pr- practitioners out there and they've just offended that entire group of people I by trying if... to turn their, you know, their culture into a game story. Uh, so this is a bit off the, the topic path, but I think it's still interesting. So I don't know if we talked about this on or off the podcast, but in the original Zelda game of Ocarina of Time from 1998 for this in, in Nintendo 64, uh, if you go to the Fire Temple and the Water Temple in the game, they do this chant mm-hmm. and it's it sounds beautiful it's a beautiful chant and and it's in arabic <laughs> and it's it's basically saying um there is no god but allah and muhammad is his prophet or something i believe and the japanese people didn't know that it was arabic like they just thought it was just a bunch of random sounds <laughs> and they left it in the american version of the game and I don't say like Muslims were mad about it. Um, like there was no like controversy. But Nintendo later found out that that was actually Arabic. So when they distributed it to other parts of the world where there are a lot of Muslims and Arabs, they removed that element from the game. So you can't find it anymore in the newer versions. Only version 1.0. And yep. the uh, crescent moon symbol. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. All over the place that was changed. Yeah, the Turkish symbol, like with the, the crescent moon and the star. I believe. Yep. Uh, I don't know if it's Turkish, but that's what they use in Turkey too. Um, yeah, that's actually funny you mentioned that because a lot of stuff that comes from Japan is adapted to American tastes. So um, one of the biggest things are symbols related to Christianity. The Japanese culture isn't super religious. It's more like spiritual, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. But they're definitely not Christian. In that sense, like uh, historically speaking, they're not Christian. And so they use a lot of like Christian, um, Jewish, uh, Muslim motifs in their artwork. And when that comes over to the US, it always gets changed. And there is this one, there's this one scene from Full Metal Alchemist where someone was being crucified and like they're trying to torture him or something. And in the American version, they changed the cross into him being on like a slab of rock. Um, that's just like one example of like mini. Like you can find, oh. yeah, you can find. Yeah, like, I didn't know about that. Yeah, definitely. Um, or like Sailor Moon, for example, when Sailor Moon came to the U.S., they changed a lot of stuff mm-hmm. um, because there were hints of like them being like bisexual and stuff like that. 
Well, there, um, there, there was just a straight up uh, two women as a yeah. couple in the original story. Yeah. And they changed yeah. it to cousins. Exactly. Which made it weirder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, and so a lot of that gets changed. Or like in Japan, they don't have a problem showing blood. And when that comes to the US, they either remove that or they change it like to green or something. So in like DBZ, so Dragon Ball Z, Piccolo has red blood in the Japanese version. But in the American version, he has green blood, I believe. Well, that's but, okay. That's a whole different thing. Piccolo's you think so? blood color changed throughout the series. Did it? Okay, you're, it did. I think you're you're more knowledgeable on that than I am. So <laughs> yeah, that's that's also just a thing of a really long running and old story that has some inconsistencies. Uh, it's really apparent if you ever sit down and watch like Dragon Ball episode one, just uh-huh. like go through say to the end of z in like a short amount of time you will find so many inconsistencies and plot holes it's not even funny oh i honestly i didn't know that i thought that was more um but they do change blood so that's still a point but Mm -hmm. uh, i didn't know that that was with the series and what's interesting is sometimes it's the reverse so a lot of times japanese games or have to be censored in Japan. Really? But then, yeah. So uh, here's an ex- there's a the Resident Evil Two remake that came out a few years ago. Oh yeah. There's a scene where somebody is trying to crawl through a mostly closed shutter door, and mm-hmm. you try and pull them through, but the zombies get them on the other end and rip him in half. Mm. And you like see like you see it, you see the entrails and everything, just like you see him splitting in half. Mm. And in the Japanese version, they basically just gnaw on him and he dies. Huh. And I there's, I, I believe there was also some instances of, I think it was Metal Gear Solid 4, of instead of blood for certain things, for certain cyborgs, they wanted it to be red, but that wouldn't have been okay, so they changed it to gray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I think there's just different um, classification and censorship standards for games in Japan. Yeah, censorship is a super interesting topic. Um, I, I think one common criticism about censorship in the U.S. is um, they don't have any problems showing guns. So, like showing guns and, and like cigarettes and alcohol in four movies, like in German, for example, is a it's a no go. And uh, like you can still do it, but it it raises the rating. Whereas right. in the U.S., that's it's not necessarily for children, but it's not going to be like an R movie because you have like guns and alcohol and whatnot. Like it would be like PG-13, I would say. But Americans uh, do not want to show nudity of any kind <laughs> in like movies um, and have that seen by the public. And Unless that's changed since I've been gone. But Well, it's slowly becoming more of a thing. I would say tasteful nudity or just incidental nudity in certain like are obviously r-rated movies but it's becoming more and more common yeah yeah definitely definitely speaking very um, slowly though very slowly but yeah so that's basically you know changing like when it comes to the u.s they definitely try to filter it so like i said it becomes more palatable for for americans but then a lot gets kind of lost in context and then you get into like whitewashing which i think we touched on a little bit and all of like the cultural features of that movie are just gone, basically. Yeah, which, which always, and that's that's another reason why I, I like to watch subtitled versions of things in yeah. the original language because there's certain 
quirks of the original language that just don't translate very well. Even if you don't speak the language, I think there's certain things like honorifics and things like that, that you're going to pick up just by watching um, something in a language for long enough. And it feels weird when they're not there all of a sudden. Like, this is like, it, it also depends. Like what I've said before is yeah. if I'm watching an anime and it's like a Japanese story taking place in a Japanese town with Japanese characters, it feels really weird if it's like all of a sudden in English and they're talking like Americans. What if it's, you know, an anime and it takes, pl- and it's like an, a Western fantasy type story or something like that, or, or uh, I guess a good example would be Vinland Saga, which is a historically based uh, Viking mm. anime in the 11th century. I mean, I still watched it in Japanese, but it probably wouldn't be as weird in oh, English. You just said that, and I was like, I know that. And I turned and looked at my, my shelf, and I bought that. <laughs> I bought those books like five years ago, but I've never read them. They're supposedly um, one of the greats. It's it's an older story. It's only recently been getting anime adaptation, but it's hmm. one. It's supposed to be one of like the 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 great old ones, not super old, but you know, like Berserk. Uh, it's like Berserk, Kingdom, and hmm. Finland Saga. I've heard are like the three long running old incredible manga series. Ah, uh, okay. No, I'll definitely check it out. So I don't I don't have anything left so that was pretty much my last point well actually you know what i have one last point one okay. one one fun fact before we go um speaking of disney uh, the tarzan movie from the 90s so almost all the characters are british so they have like they have british actors they have british voices and even the the main character jane has a british voice and she's teaching tarzan english and when he finally learns english he speaks with an american accent <laughs> which I think it's super hilarious and uh something that just kind well, of like well, of course is an american that's just the default accent of the world isn't it yeah it's like he has an american <laughs> accent which is like he's being taught like by a bunch of like english people but he has he speaks with a, an american accent so oh my god yeah but yeah so that was um that was it from from my side i don't know if you have anything else you want to add no i think i'm good i think we covered it All right, great. So yeah, so thanks so much for listening and uh, stay safe. Uh, Send us an email or contact us anytime and we'll see you next week. See you next week, bye. (laughs) Bye.